everyone, listen to me. We've all been deceived. We need to calmly head towards the exit. Welcome to the Banana Bread and Circus Republic with Crispy and Tono. Your hosts for the end of the world or whatever we're looking at. We're looking at the reset. Yeah, it's uh, we're gonna be fine, ladies and gentlemen. So strap in and join us to recalibrate the soul as we explore the ether and ethics of our evolution. In the space between spaces, there's an intelligence that guides our values and our judgments, which determines who we are, what we're doing, and where we're going. Follow your nose and think for yourself. Instantly going back and being like, oh, well, yeah, this this sold, you know, $300 million in the box office, and uh, yeah. catch line was give me money. Right. Or, or find, show me show me the money. Find the right actors to plug in the blanks, and boom. and Millions and, of dollars. <laughs> and now it's actors are already being approached in Hollywood being like, are you willing to sell your likeness to AI so that, you know, like, 50 years from now, when they're making Fast and Furious 27, and Vin Diesel's still going to look, you know, 40 instead of, you know, 90. And he'll still be making money off it. He'll not have to leave his house to be in a movie, you know? Yeah. Wow. Fucking AI. It's a new world. Yeah, I mean, you'd think we would learn our lesson, you know, with the Terminator and all these movies. Science. With AI. Science is all about coulda, not shoulda. Poking the bear. Yep. Oh yeah. They're poking. They're poking as many bears and fucking hives. They're poking so much shit right now. Best to let a sleeping dog lie. Well, pitter patter. Let's get at her. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. How about you, Joint Boy? <laughs> <laughs> that was the uh, Great Wayne from. Uh... Letter Kenny. <laughs> of course, for those of you who didn't know, cockle doodle doo, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we have my brother joining us today. Best G. Howdy, y'all. Mr. Ben's back. Yeah. Which means that, yes, I have more plumbing issues. No. <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. Uh, but that's not the only reason we It's not here. a euphemism. They are brothers. Oh, my They're God. They're not like that. It's <laughs> the pl- Oh. <laughs> the toilet, man. Long story. I don't know if we Your shitter's backed up. Major. Yeah. Took the snake down it. And uh Benji was able to get it going. So Dude, major, major kudos. Speaking of plumbers and snakes, Ben, what do you think about living in a state where snakes come up your fucking shitter? That would suck. <laughs> yeah, don't they have that like in Texas and some Florida. of those places out yeah. there? Yeah, like yeah. definitely heard stories of, you know, somebody like sitting there taking a dump or squatting a piss and yeah, all of a sudden some flopping around in there and they look down and there's a fucking full grown snake in their shitter. That happened on that movie Snakes on a Plane. 
There were snakes. There were snakes everywhere. That's probably the only place it couldn't happen, actually. (laughs) Good grief. Yeah, dude. I can't even imagine. I mean, I've been having these weird dreams with snakes involved in, like, different places that I wasn't expecting. And, yeah, it's a crazy fucking... Good reason to... Do Do you remember when we were kids and in the basement... That we had those like toy snakes that were coiled and it was like a thick, realistic snake. And mom went to go pick one up because she thought it was a toy. And it was a straight up, like uh, giant yep. fucking yeah. snake that eats rats. Fucking huge. Snake. Yeah, we, we used to get big black rat snakes out, out, in, out in uh southern Ohio. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I was I was gonna yeah. say rat snake, but then I was like, We don't have those here. I don't think I don't know what they're called technically, because I mean we I mean we used to definitely not proud of this, but we used to fucking like we used to just like shoot at them hey. and like fucking torture them boys, because there were so boys, many. Boys of will them. be boys. There's you so know. many of them. The fact that both of you grew out of that, and so did I. <laughs> I wasn't saving myself an exception, but yeah. Nice congratulations to all of us for not falling for that uh, little little psychopath trap. Oh gosh, yeah. that is biology. Yeah, because that can get out of hand, can't it? Oh, well, it's in every one of us, especially as males, you know, like, yeah, like we're, we're hunters at the end of the day. Like we know how to kill instinctively. Thank God we don't all yeah. the time. Thankfully that there's some self-control. Yeah. Yeah. A little, a little, uh, willpower goes a long way in society. <laughs> oh yeah. We used to mess with my sister too. Grab the snake by the jaw oh so it God. couldn't bite you, and then just walk up to her with it. Jesus, yeah. See, we we were terrible. Yeah, <laughs> yes. And boys will be boys. I we also did some crazy shit too with some skateboards too, man. Like we, I mean, I can't do half. Like I can't even fathom. Yeah, you the guys shit we were doing on a daily basis, like you know, heavy skaters, huh? Huge. Yeah. yeah, every day. Like whenever we could, every day. It was eat, sleep, and skate. That's what it was. Man, for a long time, I tried for like eight years to fucking ollie, and finally one day I was like, "I'm getting a longboard." <laughs> yeah, I don't have to ollie those. <laughs> like I, I understand yeah, the physics, just can't make my fucking feet do it. Right, like such a timing thing, you know? Like, yeah, looks so effortless when people do it well. Right, damn it. Yeah, that's the goal is to make it look easy. Yeah. Yeah, because once you get that down, you understand the literally the one oh ones of like you it's it's a pop, it's a snap, and then you slide jump, your foot up. You jump so that you're over it. Like it it's hard to teach because it's it's something that you like kind of have to feel out over time. Oh, yeah. And how you have to get comfortable with staying above it and because obviously you're gonna get hurt trying it like all out. Yeah, I remember the first time I, I, I mean, it's like riding a bike. You know, you don't you don't learn unless you ri- fall off a few times. Totally, and you, know, you just got to go all out with it. Nobody, nobody, I don't care how good of a skateboarder they are. Like nobody ever fucking popped and landed an ollie the first time they tried. Right? Like, yeah, no way. Maybe popped it, maybe, but landed probably not. Yeah, and if it wasn't an accident, right. Or they landed and then it fucking shot out from underneath them. <laughs> that is, that does never get old. So many bales. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, we were nuts. You were really good, though, dude. You were fucking, you were kicking ass. You, like, had it. For a while, yeah. What was your favorite trick? The inward heel flip. Dude. Jesus. See, that's, yeah, your inward heel flip trick. was, like, the best. That was, like, nobody else could do it. I, I hadn't seen many people do that trick, other than pros. Right. So I was, like, one of those tricks that just, for some reason, came easier for me. Fucking A. It's like... But other tricks, like, not so much. What? Well, dude, the, the double... You had the double kickflip down, like, pat, too. Like, you could land that way more often than, you know... For a little while, yeah. Unreal. <laughs> yeah. It's like... It was a lot. It's something I always wanted to do and always wanted to be good at. I got good at riding them around, you know, like... I can fucking, you know, turn, I can, you know, go goofy, whatever, yada, yada, but, or switch. But yeah, it's like getting it off the ground. Mystery. It's a tough one. Yeah. Something that takes many, many hours of like failing over and over until you actually start to feel like you understand, oh, that's what, that's how it is that you're supposed to, like that, even the on the landing, like, just from all of it. And because it depends on what you're, you know, and it's hopping over and stuff like that. And it's one of those things. It's like, you know, if you showed somebody from fucking even two, three hundred years ago, a skateboard and like the shit that like a pro can do on them, it'd be like, yeah, we're stoning this motherfucker to death. Yeah. Like he's, <laughs> he's a witch. He's a wheel. Yeah. 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 Get, it, get his fucking little broom board and... <laughs> right. Like, yeah, a lot of modern technology would seem like witchcraft. Oh, dude. Or or aliens. You know? Right. Right. I was listening to a, a report. Or not a report. It was an uh, interview with some vet from either Afghanistan or Iraq or all the above, but he was talking about how, like, you know, they're sneaking into this place at night, and, you know, it's like him and all of his teammates, and they've got, like, 80 pounds of equipment on and, like, you know, calm communication shit and helmets and, and like, these, like, glowing, like, night vision goggles with, like, four eyes. And he's like... He's like, and we're walking into a place where they still use fucking mud and clay and straw to build their houses. Right. Like, the most technological advancements they have are their guns sometimes. He's like, he's like, to them, we must look like fucking aliens, you know? Right. Like, it's a good point. Never thought of it that way. Yeah, because it goes with any skill, any part of, like, any form of mastery is going to be alien. In a way. Oh, yeah. Like, at first. That, yeah. Because yeah. when you get, like, obsessive with something, that's where it turns. It turns into that, like, pathway to some alternative, like, even mode of being yep. able to conceive of doing a thing, like, whether it's, like, cooking or... Um, the rules of physics that yeah, apply to it and exactly. how to apply them. Yeah. 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 Like... As far as learning physical, you know, skills and capabilities, like, 
it's all very similar in that one sense of like you need to know like what the thing's limitations are, what it can and can't do, how that stuff works, and then how to apply it over time and familiarity. Mm. Mm. Yeah, but, being able to repeat it, like practice it enough so that you become familiar with like that sense of gravity. That was the thing about like to tie it back to to skateboarding when you would change the board the size of the board uh -huh. like the width like i remember trying like an 8.0 out which is like, like eight inches even right it's not what in the width yeah is. i think so yeah like i think i landed on 7.5 eventually like seven and a half inches wide so with much thinner board mm -hmm. um so when you're doing certain tricks like 360 flips or kick flips you can just or, spin it faster or yeah it rotates or it takes faster. less yeah. way less like effort in a specific like muscular memory with like a smaller board like a 7.5 versus an 8 and so like on that that like uh microcosm of just all of the proprioceptive neurology that goes into just doing an ollie or a kickflip yeah is incredible. the first time <laughs> well, because there's so many variables other than just the size of the board, too. Oh, it's yeah. like, the, like there, is there a rock? The like, shoes like how, you're wearing. Yeah. Like, are you on level ground or not? Exactly. You know, right. like, yeah. Uh, are you moving or are you standing still? Like That was always the thing that blew my mind about the pros who could do those, like, fucking ginormous gaps or handrails or stair steps. It's like. Yeah, it's one of those sports that's like totally an individual sport yeah for for the individual right you know like some people maybe with bigger feet would do the tricks better with a wider board yeah what kind of body you have dictates yeah. like what you're gonna you know excel at sort exactly of. like rodney mullen like he's fucking figure skater oh my almost. god dude but like he, he does, you never yes. see him going for big air but like the fucking board is never standing still, like in any one angle on the ground for longer yeah. than like yeah. two seconds. He is, like, dude. He is a magician. Yeah, I love watching his his stuff. His what was it? Yeah. Called? What do you call it? Freestyle. Freestyle. Yeah. 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 And then you get like people that are just fearless, and they do the oh. twenty something stair rails, bombing hills. Doing, yeah. yeah. You see the fucking one guy. It's getting to where it's like. Like, Tony Hawk Underground in real life, like, some of the shit, like, it was like a, like, in actual linear feet, this railing must have been 150 feet long. Yeah. But it was all, like, it was all S-turny, like, and different, like, dement, you know, different depths of curves, and... Dude, that's crazy. And this, this one guy, he... In the video, it showed him trying it, like, 25 times yeah. before he actually fucking got it. But he actually fucking got it, and he just, like, what the I fuck? know, I remember, like, the kinked rails. Yeah. That was, like, as crazy as it got, but it just continues mm -hmm. to evolve, the sport. Mm -hmm. Like, Paul Rodriguez, I remember, was, like, one of the best. Rod. Yeah. Yeah, PJ Ladd. Yeah. PJ Ladd. They're, dude, I've seen their recent footage and it is so damn incredible like where they're at now in this day and age in 2023 and even just a couple years ago it's like 
dude, it's fucking amazing. Like, because I'll just watch these games of skate that they'll play with each other. So just, because I was always into, like, flatland, like, (coughs) flip tricks and shit. And, like, get creative with, like, different, like, like riff off of the Yeah, that's what I feel like PJ Ladd and P-Rod are the best at. Oh, my God. It's But, like, watching them go at, like, a game of skate, which, by the way, if you don't know what that is, it's like... like, horse, right? It's like, um... Horse. Horse. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Did you turn me down too much? No, no, no. I thought you said something else. Horse. That initial. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I know it sounds so like, like, sounds like too many things. Skates like horse. Who's that? Uh, Mike Vallely. Yeah. That guy's a fucking riot. I love oh, him, dude. Yeah. Like a Viking with a skateboard. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. I like just chilling and watching shit like that. It's like watching like Pavel Datsuk highlights. Like the uh, hockey superstar. I know. I don't know how familiar you guys are with him. I don't know the name, but I. I mean, it's all right. I have a high appreciation for hockey highlights. Yeah, he's. Did you so play hockey crazy. growing up, Ben? A little bit, yeah. Not like not as much as Chris. Not as much. Yeah, but you were good, dude. Like that and soccer, those two sports that we played so much. You were always like, you were always so much better than me at that level. If you continued, you know. Yeah, I bet I couldn't compete with you now. Oh, well. On the ice. Yeah. Soccer, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I soccer, dude, that's always fun to just go at it. Like when you, me, and, and Eric, our other brother. Yeah. Brother's not here. I never played soccer growing up. I always wanted to play hockey, but our school didn't have a program for it. Yeah. But, uh. Yeah, that's right, because you guys had to go out to, like, the academy further out. No, just the school next, like, in the next town over, yeah. Yeah, Barry Tech, maybe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they did have a hockey team. They they started offering that, like, like two years after I should have gotten into it if I was ever going to. Yeah. So I knew even at that point, like, no sense. I tried to, but their team was already full. Yeah. But oh, was before that, that, I regret not playing for the school I was at before I went to Cabot, yeah. which was LI, Linden Institute. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Oh. they did have a hockey team, but it was my freshman year, and I just didn't feel like playing. I don't know why. So Girls. you did consider it, though? I did, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, the guys at gym class like wanted me to play, too. No shit. They could see that I could play. Totally, dude, yeah. And skating. I mean, you picked up skating really fast. That's the thing, yeah. There were, like, no skaters in Vermont compared to Ohio, where we came from. So I was, like, trying to find all these places to skate. Nobody was skating at places. And it didn't used to be like that either. Like, when my parents were kids, like, every fucking, everybody knew how to skate. Yeah. Even if you didn't play hockey or you weren't figure skaters, like, (laughs) kids, you know, that's what they did on Saturdays, you know, like. There's also just, like, way less, like, pavement too yeah yeah like like the couple times that i did get to play hockey was roller hockey but i still loved it yeah but there's certain a different amount of physics in roller hockey have you ever seen that um (laughs) it's like longboarding but they have like big mud tires on it and they go down hills yeah those guys are that's crazy it's like and, and some like they got the handbrakes too oh really yeah no they need them yeah yeah like like wow yeah, like they Dude, got the handbrakes so on. Yeah, intense. 
It's like, a, I had just started to see that as I was getting out of skateboarding. Mm-hmm. So, I, I totally missed that whole thing with yeah. the handbrake. But I remember when it was first coming out, I was like, that's insane. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a reason why you do that shit on snow. You know? Right. If you do biff it, it's like <laughs> there's oh, a lot more padding. Yeah, in winter, like yeah. all you got to worry about is like trees and maybe the occasional rock or like snow making equipment. But, yeah, like no, like summer. Oh, you get to worry about fucking everything. Like, right, it's all exposed. Yeah, stumps yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, fucking just varying Sticks, terrain roots. Yeah. yeah, like I also don't understand why people fucking speed down mountains on a mountain bike either i also don't understand why i have a sick sick fascination with skydiving and winning suiting but i do we're we've decided uh our crew will team building exercise this summer slash fall no shit <laughs> brad yeah. he's always wanted to do that <laughs> we're all gonna go yeah, yeah like everybody's in on in for it and there's yeah. amazing there's a they offer three packages, and the the top one, the first one is like a four-hour class, and you jump out on somebody's belly, and, uh, you know, they pull the cord, but you do, you yeah. do an actual free fall. And the second one is like a five-hour class, but... You jump out by yourself on what they call a static line. So you're hooked into the plane, basically, and the plane pulls the chute for you, like, as you get far enough away from it. And that one's, like, there's no free fall to that one. And then you just, like, you know, float float down for, you know, 10,000 feet. The third package is, like, a six, seven- or an eight-hour class, and by the end of it, that day... You're jumping by yourself for a twelve thousand foot free fall. Wow. Jump Holy at fifteen thousand feet, fall for twelve and pull at three. So they make sure that you're fully comfortable and you know exactly what to do. Well, yeah, I mean at that point and there's still people that fucking, like building your yourself up to it. Right. Knowing what to expect, knowing what can go wrong, knowing how to deal with it. It's a good way to do it, man. Better than the simulator, I bet. Which simulator? Oh, I'm just figuratively speaking. Like, just because there seems like there's a simulation for everything. Oh, those vertical. I mean, even we were just talking about AI. Oh, where they have the fans blowing you up. Dude, yeah. But like, even, even just like computerized, like the VR technology, like what they can do now. No, like, yeah. I haven't seen anything or anything regarding it, but I guarantee it exists. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Some of it is better than others, but it's... It would almost... I would be curious about it because it would almost seem like, stand to reason, that it would be a lot like as if you went to sleep and dreamt that you did it and then come back, but you're, like, more conscious that you did it, I would imagine, but I can't While we're say, on this subject... I don't qu- know. Quick question interjection on that do you guys have different types of dreams where you can feel them and where you can't you know it's funny you ask i woke up from a petrifying dream and we were together yeah and i it was a recurring dream too hmm. yeah 
Um, I could describe it if you'd like. I usually start to wake up if I get like to feeling too much. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's pretty hard to stay awake and like conscious, or I mean conscious, like in your dream. So it's hard to say. Lucid dreaming. Yeah. Yeah. It's... I guess it depends on the dream, like whether or not the variability of those feelings, like where that comes yeah, like from. Yeah, obviously what. like fear is a pretty strong feeling. Uh, but there's but, like even deeper, like the sense of loneliness, the sense of loss. But, well, I'm talking like just basic physical sensations. Yeah, sometimes I do get mm. really intense physical sensations, but yeah. I wake up shortly after. Like... We're talking about the skydiving. Right. I've had dreams where Falling I'm dreams. being like thrown out of a plane or <laughs> right. out of a cannon and just in a free fall. And that's when I just wake up in like a, just like lunging forward. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the physics changed just like that uh, inception. Yeah. Totally. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love that. <laughs> that. It's funny you mentioned that because that was what I was thinking when it came to like VR shit, but like VR as if it's a dream. But as maybe if a, this, or, or vice versa. I don't maybe know. maybe dreams are VR. You know? Yeah. Or well, maybe this is VR I think this could be VR right now. Yeah, because right. it's interesting how over the years, over the ages, we always get really, really like obsessed as a culture, as a collective, with the th the the uh, what we interpret as uh, the world as we are is a reflection our creations are a reflection of the world that we're part of like when you think of movies like avatar and obviously the matrix and even some of the great like comedic like spins like don't look up oh yeah like that is a very real sense of where we're at in this very special time and sometimes sometimes it you know it could be sigil magic too in the sense that it's like well, if if we want to get away with this, we need to reveal to them and tell them what we're doing, giving them a chance to stop us. And if they don't, then we get off scot-free, no karma. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, sometimes movies are used for that. Yeah. You know, a revealing of method, as they Definitely. call it. Yeah, I remember hearing in psychology class, it was like one of the first weeks or so of the class back in high school. Um, teacher told us that, okay, first thing, like, what we're going to talk about is how, like, what movies have you seen and what, were, like, and basically laying that out and giving all these examples of how these very, very significant movies were based on some aspect of the plot was based on something that we've been able to do whether through the military or the CIA or the US government or even any world government or government in the DARPA. world uh any of that for t at least 10 years so like 10 years will go by or more and then they'll make a script about it and then they'll develop these characters or whatever and it'll and, sometimes and it'll be a mainstream like piece that's out there sometimes they make a movie and you know 10 years later like that movie happens you know mm -hmm. it's like wait a sec you know exactly so yeah it could be a lot of things could be a lot of things it could be uh you know we are in a simulation and you know that whole saying that you know art replicates life and 
vice versa. Hmm. And yeah, truth is stranger than fiction at times. So, I mean, we're we're being shown very quickly right now that like way more is possible than a lot of people would like to think. Mm-hmm. And you know, see how people handle it. See what comes of it. Right. Yeah, they make all these movies about things that were intended as fiction, but they're we're not far off from them. Right, right. And is it manifestation? Is it, you know, a lot of it is, it's like science fiction Yeah. over time becomes science fact. Yeah, right? like mm-hmm. zombies. Mm-hmm. Or zombie just, apocalypse movies. Or like, <laughs> I don't yeah. even want to think like could, that. Dude, that'd be it fucked It could be up. real. I mean, if you think of a zombie, I've always thought of them as just a human being brain that's dead. dying of starvation. And, and They could be dead. just starving to death because yeah. that would be the worst way to die and you'd be wanting to eat anything that came near you if, if you were starving. Would you, would you try and take bites out of actual living people and exclusively only living people? That was- Hollywood will embellish it, but it could be real. I mean, if if rabies went fucking full spread in the human species, that would be very close to uh, a zombie pandemic. Yeah, you know. And there was like a that movie <laughs> outbreak. Did that was like yeah. could have been COVID, you know? But that was so long ago when that movie came out. Yeah, yeah. but that yeah, and that's that's part of it too. But yeah, we've they, had and pandemics. That's Michael, that's and Michael stuff. Crichton, and another one of his movies that is about to become science fact instead of science fiction is fucking Jurassic Park. Like <laughs> I know, dude. Every time I watch Jurassic Park, I'm like, wait a minute. They can totally do that right now. Like gene splicing and like, they can make next, all kinds of next like... Next year, they, rele- they want to release 30,000 woolly mammoths into Siberia. <laughs> <laughs> really? Like, yes. Dude. Something that only... They exist as we speak in embryonic form. Yeah, that's amazing. I don't don't even know what to... (laughs) I mean, maybe a return of some species would be a good thing, but... I'd say fucking let's just bring back, like... Let it happen naturally. If the species was supposed to come back, like, evolutionary, then it would have came about. I mean, why, why dabble with that? Well, that's what, what we, we what love do we need, to play God. What do we need woolly mammoths for? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, the elephants are going like, they're pretty endangered. So they're, like, they're using they're woolly ma- mammoths because we don't have enough ivory. They're using the woolly, woolly mammoths as like kind of a, like a. Just to prove the concept. Just to make sure yeah. that we could do it. Yeah. Right. But, you know, they're, they're straight up talking fucking dinosaurs. I know, but it's like. And but that's that's a that's exactly right. You're fucking though. with the tender balance. Yeah, and like just because we can do it, should we. Planet of the Apes as well. Right. Like they yeah they they right. want to make fucking talking monkeys, and they're they're we like are two talking years away monkeys. from. <laughs> well, they want to make ones that we can feel superior over. You know, like oh well, it's like yeah, that's oh you can already. talk. <laughs> well, you don't know what's in this book because you can't read yet. Mm. You know, like yeah. Right. Uh, a lot of, lot of fucking... Yeah. It's a control thing at the heart of it, right? I mean, like, why why try and play God to such a degree? I gotta keep that in check while doing the beekeeping thing, man. And it's like, when people are like, oh, trust the science. It's like, 
sure, but that's like saying trust all women. It's like, no, certain things are not trustworthy. Certain people are not trustworthy. Right. And just it, lumping it in a box yeah. isn't going to. And like saying, oh, right. just because it's somebody with a fucking degree in some sort of science doesn't make them or their interests or their intentions good. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, you know who had a lot of scientists? The Nazis. We got most of them after Nuremberg failed. Yeah. You know, that big false flag of a fucking trial. That's oh, how many of them did we hang? 23? Fucking pat on the back for us. And, and then we had a of, draft pick between us and Russia. And speaking of that whole thing, too, and and the gene, like, like playing God and all this, like that whole eugenics movement. I mean, started holy here. cow, dude. Started like Started here, by the way. I know, dude. Isn't that crazy? Not not in fucking Germany. I know. Yeah. Dude, it's it's crazy. The New England history of like mental health and stuff, dude, it goes deep. Yeah. It's like they straight up believed that uh certain people with defects or deficiencies or disabilities or or just what they deem non or undesirables. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 The unwanted, the unaccepted, yeah. right, um, was a thing. And that was all part of that regime. So it's fucked up. Like, the Robert, more I learn about it, it's like, whoa, like we're capable of some really cruel. And now Robert Kennedy Jr. Or, That's yeah, crazy. Robert Kennedy Jr. who's going to be running as the fucking Democratic nominee. He's coming out and talking about how, like, a lot of the the initial vaccinations were for the same fucking reason. Like, there was the first polio vaccine that killed a bunch of people, huh. gave a bunch of people cancer, and they had to revise it. And, yeah, that's, I mean, hmm. there's... Killed certain people with certain genes, or no, not necessarily. But they did test it on their controlled test subjects. Their controlled test audience was people of certain genetic orientations, you know, <laughs> mostly black. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, like and you know, and then there's the Tus Tuskegee experiments, which is that was that was with the syphilis vaccination. Mm. But they ended up actually giving these guys syphilis and knowingly let it spread through their communities, like black communities in particular. Mm. But, yeah, science is great when it works and when its intentions have everybody's best interests at heart. But... Mm -hmm. It can also do a lot of damage. It can do all of the damage. At all time, the fucking damage. At times, that's 100% true. Unregulated, unchecked, you know, blindly followed, unquestioned. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Science is dangerous. So, like, yeah. Yeah, we need to wield it responsibly. If you have, yeah. You know, if you have a vague understanding of it, then 
try and pay attention to what's going on around you, and if you don't have a vague understanding of it, then, you know. Don't poke the bear. Don't poke the bear, definitely, but, I mean, I'm talking about people that are, you know, mostly poking stuff with sticks. Yeah. Yeah, poking you, at stuff that they have no business and sticking their nose in or no business even like considering the impl- like without even considering the implications going into it like that is unprecedented it's you know it's kind of like in a lot of ways it's sort of like a, a despicable despicable arrogance oh, in doing yeah. so you know yeah. like how how dare we mess with it to that degree without really understanding what or who we are in the first place because regard based on who we are and what all comes down to intention and how you like uh like how your care and compassion comes out matters and unfortunately and, scientists tend to be kind of compassionless people because you know they their world is very black and white in some respects. Mm-hmm. Like either something works or it doesn't. Right. You know? Or it's a means to an end in right. a lot of, in a lot of circumstances. And that means like, cause a lot of these scientists or professionals, uh, they are professionals. Like they've earned their degree. Oh, yeah. They've earned their colors. But the problem is they, they either, they're not paid to worry about the repercussions. Yeah, I mean, that, I think, is a very real conversation that happens within university and, like, actual, like, in academia and all those things. But I don't think that people understand how to apply its concern to what they do or even what their colleagues do or uh, or the people that they're even teaching. Yeah, no, there's, you know, know, there's definitely, you know, oversight of, you know, cost-benefit versus, you know, any given experiment. But it's also, like... Think of think of all the stuff that we know about that has been created, tested, tested on people, right. tested on people without their knowledge. All of the stuff that, you know, just in those categories that right. should never have existed, period, anyway, you know? Yeah, or if they're going to exist, they have to be very, like, they have to just keep be kept in check. You know, a perfect example is Elon Musk's Neuralink. Yeah, dude. So like that needs like to that start testing on to, humans. Yeah. They and, just got approved by the FDA. And again, it's all about like how you're using it or are you going to overextend this technology just on the basis of the our lack of bandwidth. So with when it comes to bandwidth and this simulation theory which oh, that was what I was going to say. So when you when you were talking about the simulation theory from back earlier in this conversation, made a quick mention of it. Yeah, um, there was an there was another there was a movie again on the movie topic and its connection to like all these things that happen and then eventually come out in script or or you know after the fact or whatever. Anyway, the movie um, the Mandela Effect. Have you seen that? No. No. Yeah, I watched it because it looked like a movie that was kind of like one of these weird, like, low-budget knockoff things that, you know, I'll watch. Like, I won't stick my nose up at it. So it wasn't great, but it was really interesting in that their angle for it wasn't CERN or wasn't, like, 
I mean, it sort of had to do with quantum physics, but they immediately tied it to the simulation theory and a lot of what those, those a lot of how those conversations are going um, based on when it was made. I can't remember when it was made. But anyway, if you're interested, you should check it out because it's interesting in that regard. But uh, when it comes to the simulation theory, the big question is how much control do we actually have? And when it all comes to down to it, it's the peripheral nervous system, our ability to create, have a thought, an initiative, and then apply it with our, our fingers and, you know, our ability to like type and play video games and all this shit. Like there's a limit, there's a limit to that because it's, we only have 10 of these things on top of all the other variables and stuff. So it's an, it's the interface of the brain to like a motherboard that can control it instantaneously through thought. And so, I mean, that's the idea that the whole principle of it is based on this problem of low bandwidth and how do we escalate that to such a high degree, uh, where it go, it will go exponential like that, whatever that happens. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be like that movie Limitless, you know, where a dude takes the fucking... I bet it's going to be a lot... Brain yeah. drug and, you know, like, yeah. it's like, oh, I don't actually need sleep anymore. I need mm -hmm. knowledge. Have right? you seen um, that? Yeah. Benji? I've never actually seen it, but... I, oh, I, really? No. I get the concept from the previews. It's pretty good, actually. I like Cooper. He's... A, yeah. He's, he's, he's a pretty good actor. I enjoy his work. That's what I was going to ask you. Um, yeah. Do you guys some more of this. do you guys have an inner dialogue inner monologue inner dialogue either you know like like, like an inner voice but you know typically it, it's your voice you know or how you hear yourself you know but you know like somewhat yeah that is that how some of your thoughts come through to you yeah 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 how about you Chris yeah um I would have to say yes, but it's also, I think it also, but no, actually. So your thoughts just come in as... I'm kind of a crazy person. <laughs> well, no, because... Sometimes forget. you have to quiet the, the voices, yeah. the inner voices. Well, it's a different personality. It's a different, like, like I know that sounds right, personal. Right, you, you always take it... Yeah, I try to take weird. it with a, with a grain of salt, you know? Oh, I'm not. I'm not talking about intrusive thoughts. I'm just talking about you know, like, no, no, you know, like yeah, none of those. But like when you're when you're thinking about something, are right? You thinking about it out loud in your head, With or the, are you where the narrative about it just is me, in, right? Yeah. yeah. Turns yeah. out, turns out, like only forty percent of people are only forty percent of people like have an inner dialogue. Hmm. Like it's surprisingly low. Yeah, I don't, where did that it makes me wonder? Was like, that taken like that data just like a census? It was, it was, of, no, it was uh, a college. It was a college study, but I forget which college. But listening to it on the Tinfoil Hat podcast, that and, does seem stupid low. But when you think about like how many fucking people you meet throughout your life, that when you think about it, <clears throat> might might stand to reason that they don't have much fucking right. inner 
mono or dialogue going on. They say right. it before they think right. about it sometimes. Right. Yeah. If they think about things. Right. right. Or, you know, if they think about things that, you know, it apparently like it's it's in a abstract frame of thought, you know, whereas like people with the the inner conversation, you know, like they're actually like working through things yeah. in their mind. I feel like, like I do it a lot when I work. Yeah, when I'm yeah. when I'm working to remind myself of things, yeah. I always have this inner dialogue You're going basically through this saying in my head. it to yourself without yeah. saying it out loud, but is that you telling yourself to say it to you or is that yourself telling you to say it, you know, like hard to say, yeah. Right. Yeah, it depends what I'm doing, honestly. I have it, but yeah. it's only, like, yeah. there's a specific, I don't know, like... It's not all the time. Well, there's a different method people, to think. everything, and each of those methods are kind of, like, a different... Uh, pers- they have a different personality to them, in my experience. Like, I don't know, when I'm, like, doing work, like, in the garden, or... Like, it's a very, very different, like, just whole approach to how I'm receiving the information in the first place in order to think about it and consider all the options first before I take action versus at work where I'm like, fucking A, dude. Being a human service provider, I feel like a politician. (laughs) You know, like, I'm not not a good liar, so I have to be diplomatic. So my my whole approach, my whole demeanor is completely different. Yeah. So... Yet, over time, I've learned to try and still be myself and not be super, like, not make everything super buttoned up uh, for, again, control, you know? How control, how how feel, how powerless do we feel to the point where we need to be a control freak in order to actually, like, do something? Yeah. I don't know. And I don't know how that, I don't know how that ties back to the monologue thing. But. No, I was just, you know, I was curious about, uh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I'd heard that recently, and I forget what you were saying that made me want to ask, but, yeah, like, it has to do, I think, a lot with, you know, like, which brainwaves you're on at the time, too, you know? Right. Like, Sometimes if you're in this totally, flow, you yeah. know, you just do it before thinking of it. Right, and, and, you, and you do it fucking damn near perfect sometimes, right. and you're like, oh, it's because I was fucking, you know, just didn't, I was, you know not having to think about it. Right. Yeah. Like, some people call that muscle memory, which turns out is... It is and it isn't a thing. Like, it's a thing in the sense of, you know, like, we as society understand it as, you know, one thing, and that's what we call it, but... But it's not necessarily the muscles. Yeah, the cells in the muscles have n- it's no the, memory. It's, it's the electricity that sends the signals to the muscles. It's, right. It's it's one very specific portion of your brain that, you know, that's all it does is sends, you know, it's the final point in your brain before the brain sends out the signal to the muscles. Interesting. And that's where your muscle memory builds up and stores yeah, but it's still. I mean, it it works the same, and it makes still as much sense. You're just talking about you know part of your brain instead of like every muscle, and 
I mean, I cellular memory is still a thing, but it's different from muscle muscle memory. Open it up. Yeah. Shit, yeah, boss. Well, humbiant metery uh, experience. Yeah, we'll take a moment to hear from our sponsors. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll pee break. Yeah. Pay the bills. Totally. <laughs> this episode, ladies and gentlemen, is brought to you by Humbiant Fermentary. <laughs> From the Viking gods to your glass. Cheers. <laughs> Skull. If you're in the central Vermont area and you're looking for a special souvenir to take home and share with your friends and neighbors, Humbiant Fermentary's got you covered. Humbiant Fermentary produces craft batches of hard cider from the heart. This wild fermented cider is a tribute to the depth and complexity of how intertwined we are with the flora and fauna of the ecosystem. In our attempt to be humble stewards of the biosphere, as Humbiants, we offer this taste of microsymbiotic flavors to your gut biome. By forming an alliance with our microbiome, we simultaneously forge a partnership with nature in her wonderful beauty and simplicity of which we are inseparable participants capable of co-creating a world worth living in. Nature is the way. Cheers. Also, hopefully, like, not too many, you know. I know. That can, that can go its own sour direction. Right. Oh. Yeah, and it's like a year before he had a, I think like a broken collarbone or a broken arm or something from a motorcycle accident i'm like dude if you can't ride then why do you try <laughs> i stick to four wheels for a reason because i don't know how to ride two wheels <laughs> well yeah and also you know like like isn't there some crazy statistic where it's like 90 percent of motorcycle riders get into some sort of you know like just accident whether whether it's with something or not, you know, it's like, you know, just the bike coming out from underneath you and fucking falling right. on the road, you know, you yeah. can't do that in a car. Right. So, you know, that's, I think that, that technically quantifies as an accident <laughs> oh unless gosh. you're meaning to do it. Right. So the, the accidents statistically go up dramatically because... Anything where it flopped would probably be considered an accident because there'd yeah. be a little bit of damage. There's so many things that can go wrong. Right. You're so vulnerable. Well, and and the most dangerous part about it is other drivers, you know? Right. At the end of the day. Because you can't see them as good, obviously. They can't. Right. You can't see the motorcycles. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, you know, they sometimes they do come up on you fast and, you know. I find that they hug the freaking yellow line a lot. Well, yeah. Because, like, I get the most hazardous spot sometimes is all the way to the shoulder. Yep. Um, so they're trying to avoid they it. They stay away from but the But they're white like, line. I mean, yeah. there's also a hazard right there on the line there, too, as you're coming, as you're approaching. Like, that's, I have to get over there sometimes because. But, yeah, and that's the other reason why they do it is because they're never going to pass on the inside, you know, on the white, you know, around a corner because of all of, yeah. all of those dangers you just listed. Yeah. So if, if they come up on something too fast and, you know, they have no choice but to just instantly pass it. Right. Like, helps them to stay on the yellow. But, yeah, dude. So, yeah, 
he got a pelvic injury from it, huh? Yeah. <laughs> injury. <laughs> Fucking yeah. thing broken. Fucking broken. <sighs> yeah, pissing, shitting, fucking, like, oh. I can't imagine. Dude. Especially being a carpenter. How do you make any money? Yeah. You can't do Without that remote. Pelvis. Yeah. Yeah. You can't do that remote. No. Fuck. He better have insurance is all I can say. I was just about to ask. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. You can't take that for granted. I know a lot of people can't. Yeah, like I was just, I was just calling him to like cuz I was like I want to get your eyes on this doing building the stonework getting to the top. I want to make sure I'm doing this in a way that will accommodate like it looking normal like mending the stone to the soffit box. Yeah. So it comes up flush. Gives it support, comes up flush. And yeah. Yeah. And it's not just like dangling off the top or something. But he's like, um, I'm laid up for a few months. I broke my pelvis. <laughs> <laughs> he sounded like he was all fucked up, too. He's probably on painkillers. Oh, oh dude. Yeah, sure. I fucking hope so. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, dude, that sucks. I was, oh, yeah. That'll put, like, a, that'll put a halt right when the fucking snow melts. Yeah. Puts a halt on. Do you guys actually have funding left for that? Like, to well, we're, actually proceed? we're refinancing our house to pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. And the electrical piece is the, the commercial loan is not going to, it's not looking like it's going to go through. Bummer. But we own quite a bit of equity in the property, so yeah. a cash out refi should be able to at least finish one and then we'll have more income coming in from that one cottage mm. to finish the second one. Well, that's what I think. Yeah. Like once, once we've got one that's 900 square feet. We've got one that's 450. The one that's 900, the larger one is, it has a roof on it. We're, we're closer to being done. Like with the stonework, it's all insulated. There's just one more like, Stone wall that's got to be built on the front side, and then oh yeah, the, the one the siding's all shushugi bond, ready to get put on. Nice for that oh. other for that one that we were really close to finishing the stonework on the one the second one. No, the, we the we haven't next to that we one? haven't touched that one in a while. Yeah, what is, was it called again? The timber frame one. Well, that's yeah. The, along? the timber frame one is further along. Yeah, okay. we figured if we get that one finished. We can make enough money from people staying in it to finish the other one. But the other one that's smaller. The 450. It doesn't have an overhang. Like, not even like that. Not even like a little foot okay. overhang. Yeah. On like the, not, on the, on there, the there would be like several inches just from like the trim and like the roof overhanging the trim. No. So, we were thinking about having an overhang put on. Yeah, just build a lat couple ladders. and Yeah. Yeah. That's all you need to do, really. Just we should get you and Bradley up there for that. Mm. The thing is, yeah, we want the stonework that we're, we're building some accent walls that are slip-form stone from the property. All nice slate with quartz and, like, really nice stone that we... Had so, such an abundance of. Very nice. So it's like free material that you don't have to paint, you don't have to stain. Lasts forever. Right. It's Bullet a lot proof. of work. It's a lot of work. 
lot of work. Mm-hmm. We 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 were out there unearthing this shit yeah. from the land, like deep into the forest rocks, where we have to like get a fucking tractor out there to haul them in the bucket onto a four by four pickup somehow, and then. Haul well, it, I have haul a lift gate to the on my pickup, so it helps. Yeah, that does. I mean, help then we just lot. wash the stones and we do get them ready for concreting. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's quite the. We process. have a buddy in Maine who did his whole house slip form stone. Dude, it's yeah. I mean, that's who we learned from. That's who we learned from. I plumbed his house in exchange. He came up and gave us a weekend. Fucking Barter and trade. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Through labor. Well, yeah. and that's something that's like knowledge. One, one knowledge professional to another, you know? Yeah. yeah knowledge you, and labor are totally at the end like, of the day. Yeah. It's what got us here in the fucking first place. Yeah. It's like plumbing. Yeah, it's almost equally as important as, you know, having a good shelter. Oh, yeah. Well, so I, it's like hour for hour, we're going barter, you know? Right. It's like if you're not going to have a permanent shelter, then you'd. Don't necessarily need indoor plumbing. Not but in this climate. But if you're gonna in have, this climate, yeah, yeah. If you're gonna have one, right, you need the other. Exactly. You know? yeah. yeah. And this, yeah, it's it's cool having the stone, you know, because it matches the land. Yeah. And it'll last forever, like we said. It's Fucking just a lot of work. It's like if you were to put in to it. Yeah, if you were putting in like the work to like prime and paint the boards over and over you know it's like it's like all of that combined in, right. in one initial installation of it and then it's you know good for x amount of years but instead depending of, on the quality of the concrete instead of having to worry about you know buying nails and fucking finding studs and lining up your shit you're just using stone concrete and few nails for the slip form but right, right. screws that we're reusing yeah. unscrewing the forms uh-huh. you know doing a we do forms in 2 foot pours 2 foot vertically yeah. by however wide we're willing to go you know if we're going you know, more than 20 feet by two foot high, that's going to be a long day, you know. That's a lot of, yeah. A lot of stone and a lot mm-hmm. of concrete mixing. And then a lot of waking up, like, within that perfect window to chip off the seams, like, when they would still come off like butter without compromising the integrity of the work you just did yeah. to it. Yeah. Uh, it chips off easier if you wait, like, seven hours. That's the prime where it can just crumble off. You yeah. can almost just pull it off pull with it your off. hand. Yeah. No, it's, what it, oozes it, in between the stones. It's solid, not a liquid, but yeah. it's still crumbly. It's, right. It's like old concrete at that point. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 Really Lots of Yeah, it's wild. I really like how old. I like how <laughs> Nate I like how Nate the guy he we learned this from did his whole house and yet like it was funny how he was like super um like just like cuz I use those zip ties so often that I was like oh why don't we just use zip ties for like getting the rebar up yeah. like you continue to build up Yeah, we on do the a rebar. grid a grid of rebar yeah. within the concrete part of the form. Yeah. Like there's the form in the, toward the front of the form, you want the stone to be visible. So you put the stone to the front of the form. You make sure it's got a good tilt back toward the house so it's not tilting forward. You don't want it to eventually fall out. Or catch rain and ice. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so within the concrete part of that behind the stone, every one foot 
high. We have horizontal rebar. Every one foot, I believe, horizontally, we've got vertical rebar. So, so it's a grid. One by one grid. Yeah. Damn. And we zip tied them together. At first, That's we just were using galvanized wire and just snipping it and twisting it. But then we were like, the zip ties yeah, are actually Yeah, that's a quicker. lot of work. It's a lot of, it's a lot of rebar. Yeah, a lot of twisting of wire versus yeah. just like grab a zip tie and just fucking just Right, because once the concrete's poured around it, it's not going anywhere. Do you know about the wire twister thing, though? Like what? Where you do it the opposite way when you're finished? No, or? they make a tool for it. <laughs> do they really? <laughs> yeah, they make <laughs> What the so fuck? You're talking about the wire where there's a loop on one end and... Just yeah. basic just, wire. Just that, like, no loops, just a roll of fucking galvanized wire. wire. Yeah. Like roll 16 gauge wire. Yeah, I mean, this this tool would still work. You'd just have to make your own loops at the end of it. But yeah, you, you make a little twist loop at each end of your wire. Hmm. Put your wire around your rebar. And all the tool is, is it's a hook on a swivel into a hammer. And so you just hook the two eyelets... And you just and you just twist, spin twirl it, around. it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And do concrete guys use that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. We just like what? I don't know if it's more cost effective or not because that was what it came down to. Like at what a certain point we Zip were like, ties. you know, we'd almost rather just use the wire, but I think they only ties have, are they only they have cheaper? to hold until it dries. You know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so if it saves a little time. With a long day like that, it's yeah. worth it's it's worth the extra few bucks. You're saving right. You 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 end up saving money and energy at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. It's it's crazy how much like in like the trades and construction and I'm sure what you know and plumbing, plumbing too. Yeah. Like you know, like sometimes you you try and save yourself some time here, but you end up fucking yourself. You know, two corners down the road and. Yeah. You know, vice versa, too. Well, you live in a day and age where our time is way more valuable than the parts and the materials. So it's like, you know, pro-press tool over soldering. As far as, as far as your plumbing work goes? Yeah. 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 Pro-press is like a, a crimp system, basically. Yeah, it presses the copper around an o-ring so instead of doing any chemical or heat soldering yeah, yeah. but i've seen okay. him solder i've seen ben solder like with on the spot fucking like midnight style if you're skilled just like, you can do it yeah, it's just almost like as quick spot. as pro press yeah. Yeah. if you're skilled it's pretty yeah. cool to watch enough practice yeah. but it's like we live in a day and age where nobody has the time to solder and wait for it to drain all the way and it's like if it's an old building it never fully shuts off and the water will screw up your solder joint. Wow. So it's it makes sense, like, when there's the chance of there being water. Yeah. Yeah, so that's an example Just of science. And... Yeah. Res- responsible You can do science. it under full pressure. Yeah. That makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I think that's an example of, of responsible science. Science that's actually done some good to upgrade. Progressive science. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, shit that's... And, you know, at the end of the day it ends up benefiting everybody. You know, yeah. the customer pays less because they're not, you're not there as long. Right. You, you know, I'm guessing you can charge a little more because, you know, the parts are a little more. So Yeah, the fittings are more than solder fittings. Yeah. For sure. Right. So you're, you're not, 
the time that you're losing out on soldering, you know, you make up for by being able to get to the next job faster. Exactly. Right. It's a great way to put it. And, yeah. You know, with plumbers, like you guys, you have probably, you know, three, four jobs a day some days, right? Yep. Yeah. Depending on the day, uh, it's it's always more efficient to just try to stay at the same job for a whole day. Yeah. But it's like you need to have a pretty good sized job to be able to do that. And everything needs to be in order. You need to be able right. to. Yeah. It's like you can't run into a snag where you need to go run and get parts. Or, or if you're waiting on the yeah. electrician or a carpenter. Oh my God. Can you imagine? Right. I, I can only imagine yeah. how annoying that would be. Uh, right. Jesus. Be like, well, you can you can either stand around and continue to charge. And when the customer bitches, you can be like, well, blame the fucking so-and-so. Or right. you can go to your next job. and Most of the time, I just say, they're not ready. we yeah. got to pack up and go to another one yeah. or call it a day. Yeah. Why, do, why do I tap this? Girl? Right, because most, most decent people don't want to just... No, it's the cider. Most decent people don't want to just stand there and charge for nothing, you know? Like... Right. Do you want to shift gears into the... One thing, doing it for way. 20 minutes. Yeah, finish it off. You want it? Sorry, Tom. No, no. It's one thing doing it for 20 minutes, you know, while you figure out the next thing. Right. But, you know, if you're like, oh, yeah, like, you know, it's one o'clock and we just basically finished, like, this week's punch list. Like, oh, well, this isn't fun. Right. It's like, you're still getting paid, but time goes a lot slower. Right. No. I like to stay busy. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. You know, you... you the end of the day you turn around you're like that's done that's a good feeling right i love we, do, like, we don't have to come back, back here yeah. yeah stepping back and observing the yeah. work yeah, like just the, the finished product finished like thing that you did yep. spent time on again i agree like time time is becoming more and more valuable and yep. i think i think part of that's because simultaneously we're going through this fucking wormhole of information, like, rabbit hole of information around every corner. And, you know, on average, people are worth less and less and less. Their time yeah. and their their energy is worth less almost on a monthly basis at this point. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I forget how many thousands, tens and dozens of thousands of people have already lost their jobs to AI. In like two months, I was just gonna say, yeah, because <laughs> it all depends on what sector you're in. I don't think we'll ever get AI to do what we do, though. Uh, maybe yes, and maybe no. It'll be a combination of AI and digital. There's printing. too many variables, though. Well, yeah. variables like market cap, like market cap matters. Like there are certain people out there that are just in a specific sector in a mar in a specialty in a market that is exploding. And getting fucking rich off but of also, like, like literally no, no like two no two a plumbing minute, jobs a minute are the of same, work though. is like an equivalent to like four families wait salaries. When you think of like plumbing and automotive and carpentry, right? No two jobs are right. exactly the same. Like how can an AI be trained to adapt? Oh, the, I agree. The way that a human does. I agree. I, I mean, with enough exposure, easily. But that's the thing is, you know. Aside from yeah, who's going to be the guinea pigs to let the the AI work on their house as plumbing? Aside, I mean, yes, and then learn that. learn from their mistakes. Aside from you know like YouTube videos of you know like hey this is how you do this and blah blah blah. Aside from that, yeah, like 
you know, nobody's going out there and, you know, filming videos of like, hey, check out this, you know, like, this is how we did this. Yeah, they couldn't even get yeah. drones to cooperate with just delivering packages at one point, couldn't they? Like, they fucked up so many components of that technology that, like, that shit didn't stick. Because there was a time where we were going to just blast off into this realm of, oh, everyone was going to get their packages in, like, a split second when you press order and that shit fell apart. Like, no way. I didn't hear a single, like, successful story regarding the drone delivery system. I don't think the majority of Americans want fucking random shit with random packages flying over there. I agree. Like, like there's a certain limit like, to what it can do and what we, it can do for us. Because at a certain point, yeah, you lose yourself into thinking, like, this thing is better. Because now I can just loaf off and not give a fuck. And not do work or whatever, not even lift a finger, not even give it a second thought. Like, we're so over-endowed with information already that you actually, yeah, stop to, I don't know, just be a human. I was going with that, but. Stop and be a human? Yeah, just, I don't know, like, just um, take a moment to fully appreciate something else, like, that is tangible and right in front of you and i get like the technology the breakthroughs all that that's very okay it checks off the box of tangibility and it takes off the box of so on and so forth but i feel like there's a depth that you lose when you let a machine do it for you versus actually like you lose the art of it oh absolutely you know like the art goes away there's an art to delivering a package properly like well, even even that there's an art to it it's a service and you know you, yeah you don't have a machine just driving up to you being like take this and just drops it and turns around and leaves mm -hmm. you know like wait a minute that was next door wait 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 come yeah. back oh oh it's gone Shit. it's yours now yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> not my baby crying of course that person could just drop it off next door like a good samaritan but I don't know. It's just not, a jar not of your, crap. Not your like average Joe. Joe. Joe would be like, well, it's the drone's fault. <laughs> Saw a, a great meme, and it was in reference to, you know, like, Amazon drone delivery. I'm just, like, as strict against Amazon as I can be. Like the only that was reason. nice. Yeah, <laughs> you pull that out of your uh, anus, your uh, watertight. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> like a frog's ass. Thank you. Rye whiskey. Uh, the watertight. Yeah, it was. It was a picture. It was a meme, and it it said, "Meanwhile, in Kentucky, or and or the last thing the drone saw, and." It's a picture from a drone, and it's, like, over, you know, this, you know, neighborhood backyard, and it's just, like, this, just, you know, like, NASCAR fucking couple, just man and woman, <laughs> and they're fucking, like, one of them's, like, spitting chicken out of his mouth while, like, yelling something, and the wife is just, like, you can count her teeth from the drone, but they're both just fucking chucking empty beer bottles at this <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's why drone delivery failed. And it's like, I don't want fucking random fucking sentient computers flying over my house either. Like, Dripping with stale beer. Yeah, no, I will. Yeah, I. Yeah. 
Let me try that cigar. Oh, yeah? You like? I like the smell of it. Sorry about my slobber. <laughs> There's a lot of slobber on there. Here, Sorry, I'll just, watch I'll just wipe it on there. the mic. I mean, drone technology is scary in general. Well, yeah, because it was original. Like uh, its biggest like implementation was to be like a fucking you know the equivalent of a suicide bomber. Or... To this day, it still is. We we've, we've got the technology. We can drop fucking fifteen, twenty thousand of these things. They're all the size of like a you know small hummingbird, a June bug. Drop. 20,000 out of them out of the back of a plane at the same time in midair they all get switched on activated and they can work in hive unison or individually dude that's fucking crazy with their own with with their own facial recognition software built in that's like straight out of the movie iron man so like the guy that was showing this experiment he's like Oh, yeah, so, you know, here's here's the swarm, you know, like, uh, you know, this is the this is the building that they have to enter, showing, like, a big warehouse building, you know, like, multiple corridors and shit. He's like, so, yeah, entire swarm just goes up to one small section of, like, floor number three. One of them fucking detonates, blows a hole in the fucking wall, and the rest of them just fly through. All of a sudden, you get... 20,000 of these things in a fucking building. Jesus. Or you could release release them over a fucking soccer stadium. Or, you know, like... Fucking Yeah, the implications are... It's like, we don't need that. No. Like, I mean, you know... There's plenty of rationalization for that sort of thing, I know, because the military-industrial complex is massive, and... But that doesn't make it rational. No, just because they can rationalize it. Well, just exactly. There's a lot of it's like rational as far subjective, as goes. subjective rationalization. Yeah. yeah, like you can rationalize anything at the end of the day if you're fucking guns to your head. Yeah, but. if you have a lot to lose, if you have if your position of power has a lot to lose, like it can go, it can go real bad, and not just for the victims, people, like, but also for the for the sake of the people who had nothing to do with that decision as a nation as a collective will visit could visit repercussion for that act of you know abysmal like just leadership it's not leadership it's not true leadership you know it's it's, it's human mismanagement no yeah. like it's um your your average human being that you bump into it on the street would make a better elected official than most given elected officials. No. Yeah. I wish there was more like in government and in like, again, military industrial complex, like which uh, is tests, tests and stuff. Yeah. But like tests that it used to work for the government. Now the government works for it. No. Right. And that's the case for so much of corporate America. Yeah. And and all of that too, yeah. but a country where all we yeah. export is because GDP we're GDP wise we're so far in the hole we can't even pay children. the interest in some cases on some of these corporate bonds and, oh, and no. public private debts. But basically, the uh, where I was going with that originally was um, just the sense that uh, 
the mil um that oh shit I, lost. I think I lost it place. yeah well no yeah there we go no personality testing for like any individual who wields that degree of power as a leader like are they worthy leaders like you're talking are about, they actually you're talking about doing like a, a psychological evaluation on people well it could be but more along the lines of just a lot like of places do that and they turn down people that we would consider good candidates because mm. they don't want people that have mm. empathy they don't want people that you know can you know put themselves outside of their own shoes and maybe think that what they're doing might not be right you know they want people that are like this is uh, this is what you want me to do, okay? And this is what you're paying me. All right, I'll see you in two weeks. You know, right? Like that's what they want. Yeah, right. And and all the power to them if they have a family and that's that's the best decision for them no, and their family. No, and that no sense. power to them. No, no. Take away the power. Not in that sense of like they, they have, don't want like, people second guessing themselves. I just think like you have a you have just like such Confidence. a there's such Confidence a neuro there's such a neurodiversity of individuality in even any given sector and that includes military. You know, like a lot of people, a lot of officials who have gotten into that realm of power that they're in, they've had to sacrifice everything to be in that position. Their families, like their most uh, intimate and personal relationships. And what does that tell you about them, though? If they're well, exactly. willing to sacrifice the things that mean the most to most people uh -huh. just to be able to be called a leader of others. And at the end of the day... a good leader? Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, I yeah. question it. But at the end of the day, when they're asked, would they do it again? And their answer is, you know what? I actually would. Of course they would. Because where they have gotten is whatever that is. They're is sociopaths so... with a boner for power. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, so a psychological... Would I do that again, a or would I just be a regular $200,000 a year Joe Schmo? A psychological evaluation would... Yes, it's warranted at that point. It, it, you know? It doesn't... You know, if, if the evaluators are told to screen for certain things and not others, and the things that they're screening for are societally not good traits, but they're good for profit. Right. Then, yeah, the, the whole, the whole fucking experiment is at fault, you know, at yeah. that point, the whole, yeah, everything, the system has brought them towards. And it goes back to when we were talking while the mics were off, this whole Tesla thing. Yeah. You know, like that, 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 Tesla there's so the much, and yeah, te there's so much, uh, retention of, of wanting to preserve that position of power. And yet, I mean, you were talking about Benji, the likelihood or the potential. And I don't know if you said you got that from like a, uh, like a, a, docu a documentary you watched. Yeah. Or, or if it was just like a, like one of those, like typical thoughts were like, well, what if their intentions are pure? Because if, if that were the case, then what if abundant energy really isn't like what we thought it was, you know, right, like right. if it's, if it actually could backfire. Well, and I was know just that. kind of playing devil's advocate, like, sure. 
I mean, keeping this technology from us that would make electricity free seems like such a sinister thing to us. Making electricity free and then preventing that by locking these patents in a safe. But what if there's like actual reasoning behind that, like and the you know, Earth's biosphere? Yeah. And if the towers were like kind of uh, siphoning that energy away. If everybody were to do it, maybe there would be bad repercussions. Isn't it ironic that so that association is with regard to what you said, Tono, about the ions? And there's that there's such a thing as the ionic sphere. And Ionosphere. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think a big part of that is the connection to the nosphere, the but, new nosphere. I think it's N O O. Yeah. Right. It's like our our collective mentality. It's like where the internet was based on of like uniting as a singular mind. But so we're conductors of static electricity for one, but so is the entire Earth. Like, you know, like, and that we're just we're just on a smaller scale. We're part of the Earth. But our brain, our brains, the way that they generate electricity, Mm. like that's what makes us so subject to static electricity. Mm. You know, yeah, like Mm -hmm. our brains are fucking rather powerful conductors. And mm. so is the Earth. I mean, much larger scale. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, the Earth itself, as long as it's still moving, should probably have more than enough static electricity in in its yeah. atmosphere. I mean, I feel like there's just a lot we don't know about what Tesla was studying. Oh, Jesus. He was, there's he, so much we don't know. I mean, he was he was the Bruce Lee of science, you know? He right. Was, he was fucking generations ahead of himself, you know? Like, and there was stuff that he was still trying to figure out, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because a lot of his work came from, like, like dreams and visions and... Oh, he was a very... Yeah, yeah. very intuitive scientist. And I think a lot of scientists actually are, like, they'll get their insights through, and it, I think they've even done, like... I wouldn't just, say a lot, uh, some. Well, yeah. no, they, well, they've done, um, you know, reflective surveys on this, where, a, a, you know, say, whether it's a Nobel Prize winner or just a doctor, like, who wrote their thesis, was like, where did they get their original idea? And they'll, they'll nine out of ten, ninety percent, said... That it originated through an intuitive hit or a dream, or and something. it was something yeah. that compelled them so deeply to look into it that they did, and they discovered whatever they discovered. So it's not that like they're just like constantly like it's just they're not keeping any of their their heart in check when they do their research. I think it just it gets to a point where you try and appeal to a specific audience, much like the grants you have to write as a scientist. You got to appeal to those people, those underwriters signing off on your your grant proposal. Yeah. So you have to basically You're kind sacrifice of to them. Yeah, yeah, you exactly. Yeah. So you have to sacrifice a lot of your merit and values of what you what originally compelled you to do the work itself in the first place, but also in a lot of cases, you know, your relationships because you're married to your work at that point. And the more married you become to your work, the more wedded the more wedded you become to your your theories, the more rigid you know, 
like I write about how autism is this sense of where it's where the head is so disconnected from the heart and uh, all of that that we we just we just lose our way and that's that's all I think I think that's the result of any given scientist even the military I mean going back to that like there's, there's so much going on up there but the connection to you know you know thought process to you know the the empathy pathways are just not yep. connecting they're not firing yeah because it's so disconnected you're you're just in your head too much and it's well, true at that point they're a prisoner of their head exactly you know? Especially yeah like in the more and so in a lot of ways you know i feel i feel kind of i feel kind of like i don't know i feel a great sense of like you know just i find i feel compassion for them because that's because you're a good human. They're being. subject to that. Well, and that's not my little like quippy virtue signal fucking for the day or no, whatever. We'll no. slap that on a bumper sticker and go about I it. I feel hey. compassion for them, <laughs> <laughs> which would God, what a great all encompassing fucking bumper sticker for the I support the new thing people. Right. You know, like, right. I feel compassion for them. Yeah. Like, no. Oh, well, I never have to ask that person if they're good or not. Right. No, thanks. I don't need that. <laughs> I have too much to worry about. In fact, I have a lot hey, of problems. By the way, we're trademarking that. Everybody fuck off. Yeah, don't make a bumper sticker, please. No, we, we're we making that bumper sticker. We're making that bumper sticker. I feel compassion for and them. It's gonna go, and probably t-shirts, too, it's gonna and go, coffee mugs. It's going to go on the bumper of uh, a little car that I keep in a drawer, and that's where the patent will be. <laughs> well, you're going to get whacked. <laughs> You're going to get bumped off nicely. Sorry, I, no, I don't want to belittle that point that you made regarding the patent patentability of that knowledge. Um, oh, just how just how knowledge, you know, that certain uh, ruling classes might consider to be, you know, too above us or too dangerous, too unresearched, too this, too that, you know. At the end of the day, oftentimes it might be too beneficial. It's the yeah. fear of what humanity would do with that the, knowledge, the, or is it the fear of the dude, loss of right? profits? Oh my god! Well, that too. But dude, I mean, I actually am more inclined to think like, it, man, both. like, can you imagine yeah. like free energy, free? We're we're gonna have free all this for all. And again, you're talking about time, like, dude. Okay, so. Free electricity? Okay, great. Awesome. Sign me up. Hey. The heat pump. What are you doing with all of that energy? If you want to make- The heat pump movement, dude? Like, I think this thing, because I think one of, I don't want to, like, criticize Musk at the moment, but one of the things that comes up in just casual conversation with friends of mine is, like, the 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 stuff he's doing and with his companies and all of that based on, like, especially like tesla the coil and those batteries and shit to make that like um the cars run the way that they do not to say that they're the best I mean, at all because the there's battery, other good ones the battery technology is great but the sourcing for the batteries is a big problem you know huge yeah no and definitely not economical and it's almost like you think of it like the first cell phone right it's like bitcoin and the dlt the distributed ledger technology that shit's a first cell phone brick fucking gotta climb up to a a fucking mountain to get a signal 
kind of thing. It's it's a it's a it's a rough first draft and a good one at that but for it's, sure. It's, it's more the opposite. I I see where you're going for in this metaphor, but mm-hmm. it's more of an opposite in that sense because you know the first you know blockchain currencies were relatively low energy consuming to to mine. You know, I mean, now and, it's and out now, of hand, though. It's we're using well, it's way be- too much of that energy. Well, it's because the less the 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 less that are, you know, undiscovered. You know, the more that have been mined, the more the next one costs to mine. To mine, exactly. And that's exactly what it comes. And that might and that might have been why Satoshi Nakamoto, the the proprietor and inventor of blockchain, whoever they are, predicted when he basically set a cap to the amount of liquidity in the system that could be produced in the form of Bitcoin being like 21-ish or 22 million or some shit. Right. But so, like put a literal so in cap that, on in it. That, in that sense, they're opposite because to <clears throat> to get the whole electric vehicle thing going the, the way that they want to, the, the way that they're saying it's going to be in, you know, by 2030, 2040, where everybody's got an electric vehicle, mm-hmm. to make that financially, economically mm-hmm. sustainable and, you know, it we're going to have to spend so much in fossil fuels just to get to the point where yeah. we can start doing it electrically, you know, and... You know, once we can do it electrically, it's like you still have to question where's all that electricity coming from? Is it is that coming from sustainable sources? Nobody wants to talk about it's like, oh, you see my 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 electric vehicle? It says zero emissions on the back. No, zero direct emissions. Like unless you're creating that energy yourself to charge it. Yeah. Are you? Do you have a treadmill or a fucking? You know, is your Tesla hooked up to your fucking right? What Peloton? And I'm still not convinced that it really is the answer for this day and age because there's a lot with how much time is valuable. You see these people charging their vehicles all day. Oh yeah, they're walking around town with their vehicle at the charging station. They're right. They're subject to the Cause they, whims. Just because the they had to, you know, drive 16 hours in one day, you know, they have yeah. to wait around for a full day to charge their vehicle. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> it's the battery technology is never going to get to where, you know, you can go. And and that's the other thing is the the technology as far as uh, internal combustion engine has been capped off so many fucking times. You know, like, there's a guy out there, I forget his name, same guy that made the the hydrogen browns gas machine. Dude, dudes of, you know, when he was 13, he was rebuilding engines and, like, you know, modding them and shit. And by the time he was 16, he figured out how to make a V6 truck engine get 120 gallons a mile. And he showed people, I forget how many thousands of people he did this or showed this to, to, you know, help them do this to their vehicles. One of those guys that was approached told, hey, you need to stop this. And he's like, okay. Then he's like, well, 
he heard about hydrogen brown's gas and he's like oh i'm gonna make a machine that you know creates this but yeah like there's sketchiness well there's planned obsolescence and we've seen this you know the the further technology advances and the cheaper it gets it's getting cheaper because there's planned obsolescence you know cars for example are great you know it's like they don't last 12 years anymore you know if you took care of a car it used to last you 30 years you know if you took care of it yeah at least 20 but you know now they barely last 10 yeah at least in this state in this climate yeah <laughs> but even even climate aside you know like they've got so many brains and chips and computers in them that you know like just electrical shit fizzles out and all of a sudden you know your car doesn't fucking act like a car anymore and i know it's crazy yeah figuring out how to operate the new ones and like it, and it ends up being cheaper to buy a, another one than it is to fix that one right and that's planned obsolescence yeah that's the day and age we live in is cheaper to buy a new one rather than to fix what you already have yeah it's it's the walmart culture it's like when will this when will this become not sustainable anymore it already isn't i mean it hasn't been right it's it's and it's i mean the i call it the walmart culture you know like yeah you go to walmart you're like oh i need this this and well this. i mean old time plumbers would consider like propress this yep. the beginning of that you know like but is it a superior product though at the end of the day saves you time and it's just as effective so it could be so if you're skilled with soldering it can take the same amount of time or close and less money but but you gotta wait for the pipes to shut off like you were saying, stop dripping. Right, yeah. right. I mean, the cost of the fittings is way more yeah. than sweat fittings. Yeah. Sweating it up, waiting for it to shut off all the way so the solder can take. That'll take more time. So, I don't know. I mean... So... Like, if... It, for for also example, like, old older plumbers would use unions all the time where it makes it so you can just take it apart with a mechanical threaded connection that uh, that allows it to uncouple the pipe uh, so you can take whatever it is that will eventually fail out of the equation so you can put in a new one no less and less pe- plumbers put in unions cuz it's like ah oh, just when when it becomes that point just cut the fittings out and pro press it back together you know I don't know. I mean, that's kind of a draw. You know, it seems with ProPress and solder, it kind of is a draw. If you have the practice, because ProPress is a brilliant machine, no. and whoever made it is a billionaire, probably whoever invented it initially. But solder still exists. It hasn't. It hasn't made solder. True. Know. It's not fully obsolete. Right. There are still times and places for soldering. Right. You can't fit the ProPress machine everywhere, uh, so you need to fit a torch some places. Uh, yeah, dude, that's 
Yeah, we were talking about planned obsolescence and, you know, like, it's how it applies to, you know, different walks of life and, mm. like, went from cars to... Yeah, I mean, I see it in my trade a little bit. Yeah. It's like, eh, it's cheaper just to swap out the mm-hmm. whole unit. It's like... Right. Yeah, I mean, we could replace this part, and then down the road you might need this part for your boiler. Let's just replace the whole boiler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we won't have problems for a long time. Well, especially we'll have more can, time. If they can afford to upgrade and, and, and not pigeonhole themselves or handcuff themselves in that, like, again, like... If it's an actual upgrade. There Technology are, yeah, may, there are times, may be obsolete. There are know. times where it makes sense, but there are other times where it's kind of wasteful. Oh, totally. Kind of goes back to the battery thing. Like, Jesus. Because how often are you going to upgrade the vehicle, and then how often is that going to just recirculate itself in the secondary market for X amount of years before it just fucking gets neglected and then in a landfill somewhere? Not only that, but here's here's a... Uh, aspect that not many people are considering with the whole fully electric vehicle thing. And the heat pumps. Maybe the supplies to the heat pumps. I mean, there's definitely... I, All the heat pumps and the mini splits, I'm not I'm not convinced that it's the answer with heating. Well, I'm still a boiler guy. They yeah, don't, they thank don't you. fucking work under 15 below, do they? Exactly. They and drop their we're efficiency a, We're a state that goes to 30 down. below sometimes. Oh, yeah. Uh, at least once a winter. So you have to put, like, double your budget's worth of insulation in the walls for them to actually be the primary heat source. And that's the thing, kind of what I was going back to, with, like, the overwhelming stress on the economy and the bottlenecking that goes on with the supply chains regarding... What if free energy was an actual thing? Now, I was talking with Mike, a buddy of mine who I want to get on the podcast. Free and unlimited are two different things. Yeah, exactly. But then you have to have the hardware, the labor, the time, the materials to back it up, to back up all these orders. And so my buddy Mike, who I've been wanting to get on the podcast, has a lot to say about that because he's in the trade too. He's in the industry, you know, works for a fucking huge, awesome company here locally. And he's part of their energy division and his, his, he is so backlogged with mini splits and he, those heat pumps, you know, and just, he actually installs heat pumps. Well, he assembles teams to install them, but, but he, yeah, I mean, he's in charge of like, I mean, it's just crazy. Like the heat pump craze. I'm not convinced by any means. I mean, it's, you, you get your license to install these heat pumps with a course I think it lasts like several weeks. You know, you pay your you pay the government their money and, and you satisfy them enough Why is that it you can install thing you can install heat pumps. You know, you pay your money, you can install them. If there's you can not, get it, if there's you can not get much the skill. Fucking compressors and the fucking so basically, right, basically I mean, the same assholes that can fucking hook up your direct TV can install a heat. Pretty pump. much, yep. Yeah. And then people who work on their own houses and they hit. The heat pump lines with a nail, a nail gun, or anything, and it just has to release its charge. It's like, well, if you were licensed, you'd lose your license. But nobody had a license, so who cares? So it's like, all these heat pumps that are getting installed by homeowners, the charge is eventually (laughs) going to get released into the atmosphere. 
which is the whole point of them getting licensed for it, is so that it doesn't <laughs> get released into the atmosphere. Oh, Jesus. And, and so all of these heat pumps I swear to are going to be way worse for the environment and, than and, what we and, originally, the intention was to be better for the environment. And you think, you're, and you think that they're hiding <laughs> stuff from us because they care? <laughs> no. Dude, what a fucking... No, they're no, giving, they, a, they they're giving us access to yeah. shit because they don't. They want to accelerate the process yeah. of us... You know, probably decaying the atmosphere and the planet. Mission to Mars. I mean, <laughs> They're, it's trying to exit the out the back door. It's going to be fine. We're fucked. Like, yeah, no, I, that's what yeah. I. That's what I say. Yeah. You know, like, like yeah, the planet will be fine. It's gone through all kinds of cycles. If you look on the I fucking charts, the global feedback we get in within from within like even the earth's like the ice core 10,000 years like we've experienced much higher levels of fucking CO2 and CO2 exactly first of all i don't know if you guys are old enough to remember but i'm old enough to remember when they first started talking about global warming CO2 wasn't the issue it was CO what do fucking plants need to survive oh my god i'm so glad you brought this CO2 O is carbon monoxide, CO2 is carbon dioxide. Carbon dioxide, plants eat, and they release oxygen. Carbon monoxide decays so the, the plants, atmosphere. So the plants are loving it with yeah. all the CO2. Well, yeah, and, and that's... And here's the other thing is with more plant growth, one of the things that happens is you get a rise in temperature because... Right. They do, you know, they it's actually let off, you know, they have their own core temperature when they're, you know. There was also a major correlation with CO2, spikes in CO2, followed by what came after were extreme periods, periods of, of cooling. Paradise. Of cooling. Oh, of cooling. Yeah. yeah. It was a really interesting correlation to like there's a warming and then there's a drop off. So it's like almost like the equivalent of like doing a bunch of fucking coke and doing uh, like this fucking having this rush and then you crash and then it's what comes after that that's usually been the volatility uh, based on the way it's going to be crazy to see the crash that occurs after all these heat pumps are installed and everybody hits them with nails <laughs> and all these fucking charges get released into the atmosphere and then it gets who likes free on we do we well, dude, do it's also like it goes back to also like our our agriculture it's so interesting how under like reported and every period how under well how how we have underestimated the data for so long when it comes to our local agriculture because tilling the land releases so much more carbon into the atmosphere than even like any of the, any of our fucking fossil fuels even. Yeah. I know I'm, I, 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 I sound mean, crazy. I, 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 there's so much. But, no, I never heard of that either. No, it's wild. There's so we're releasing much, so much carbon so into much. the atmosphere just because we're tilling the fucking soil because there's so much carbon you, in the you, fucking you, ground. You've got Bill Gates... Out there saying, we need to stop, you know, stop beef farming because all the methane that they're releasing into the atmosphere, all of the fucking beef on the world don't release near as much fucking methane as the oceans, as all of the fucking methane wells, as 
fucking lakes that are literally liquid methane and not fucking water. You know, like, there's so much exposed methane just on the surface of the earth that, like, you could you could have all cows and no people and probably not affect the natural methane levels. Right. And, like, yeah, there's... He's just a distraction. He's trying to play all these distractions. Well, they want us. This to, is the problem. Us, they want us to not eat meat because they want us. They want us to eat fucking bugs. You know, that's that's or reduce it corn. back to like laboratory corn. Like, yeah, processed. No, we foods. won't even. We won't even have that. Like, I think, like our processed food industry, like that shelf life. All the shelf in life. New Zealand that are already feeding kids bugs for lunch. Right. Yeah, which is you know. People eat bugs though. They don't I don't know if you can Not live on bugs though. You you can, but you don't you shouldn't have to have to if there's other fucking animals walking around. <laughs> right. Well if you have the yeah, and if you have the skill and the wisdom to know the difference between a bug and if an you've got steak. agrarian culture still and land, you shouldn't have to eat fucking bugs. Unless right. unless it's a thing of yours. Yeah. You know? I don't know how like far that would go even just for like the trying to pedal like a mainstream diet in like bugs and shit well, I, gonna, I don't know if they have their way we're gonna find out dude yeah well i bet and they're probably the already next, putting it in our fucking candy in bars the next and shit. seven years dude they've been they've been leaving it in our candy bars now they're just gonna start putting more yeah yeah i mean the processed food industry is just a fucking mess i mean when it comes it's to a, like our diets fucking our guts the uh, neglect around poison our guts funnel. Yeah, like go. I like planting stuff and eating. That or thing on your shirt right there. Fuck yeah, is the best thing you can do for your gut. You know, oyster mushrooms, mushrooms in general, but oysters, oysters are great. Did you get some on your burger yeah, today, bro? Thanks. Yeah, I did. That Sweet. was good. good. Thank you. I'm glad because I forgot to mention that I I made some, which you should take home. By the way, because you didn't get a chance to have. I very well might. In the light of this conversation do your gut a favor i agree i mean i i also there's a certain point in the day where i i won't eat you know just because like getting older like i used to be able to eat like the worst fucking fried food at three in the morning after drinking all night Wake up the next day <laughs> the at best. like seven, <laughs> like and you're fine. You know, McDonald's. Like, yeah, you after take 3 a good dump, and you just fucking go on with your day. It's like, right? I cannot metabolize food that fast anymore. Like, yeah, if I can't eat dinner by like eight thirty, then I'm just like, ah, well, maybe I'll get breakfast. But totally, no, I I totally feel that for sure. In fact, I had to like force myself to eat because like that high strung. Like, today was such a fucking, felt like an internal shit show. Just kind of on, on a high already. Yeah, just, like, not, no appetite, no, yeah. like, but I kind of had to, like, sit and force myself to have a moment to have some But, yeah, that once you have, like, a couple bites, if oh, the food's shit, good, yeah. usually you keep eating. Oh, shit. Even yeah. if you didn't think you were hungry before. Oh, yeah. I'm going to take a piss real quick. Yeah, go for it. Rock it and dock it. Well, dude, I have another bottle of that mead. I'm looking forward to getting this fucking operation all situated here. Cause Dude. Like, it's like getting really close. And if I can actually get licensed for it, which I'm this close to doing, 
it's dude it's gonna be a fucking game changer i admire you and people like you who can you're you're one of those people you can wear multiple hats at the same time equally well you know like Hmm. whereas like i can i can know a bunch of different stuff but you know, like transitioning between them or, you know, keeping all those balls juggling up in the air at the same time, I'm just not good at, you know. I don't know if it's, well, my. Yeah, I don't know if, it, I don't know if it's ADD or OCD or ODD or whatever the personality, fuck. Personality, you know. Yeah, I don't know what drives me to get so much of this stuff because I have to, <clears throat> I'm at the point where I need to convince myself that I need to dial it back a bit and focus on the family, you know? Yeah, I mean, don't don't pull yourself so into, you know, all your works that you start neglecting the things that matter. You know? Yeah, because I, I definitely don't. I don't neglect right. it. Right. It's just... It, don't, don't let it get it's there. It's so easy. Like, I have so many different things that uh, it's easy to lose track of time, uh, really. I mean, it goes back to what Ben was saying about how your greatest asset is time and that is 100% true and it's becoming more and more valuable by the by the minute the and if you're if you're working for less than what you're worth then man i hope you're anyone out there listening is cons- reconsidering because you're much worth much much more than you think well okay i do agree with you but i'm also going to put a caveat in there if you're working make sure you're getting what you're worth if you're capable of it, of living sustainably without money, fucking do that. You know, like, if you can live off the land, if you can be sustainable, whether you're farmer, hunter-gatherer, you know, like, and you can keep balance in the rest of your life with that, that's absolutely the way to go. But, I'd rather know how to fish than have a bunch of fish. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Dude, that's where all the fun comes in. Like, you caught that, and now you're frying it up in a frying pan. Mm. Right. Oh, yeah. And you're not wasting a bunch either. Right. Dude, I want to I wanna go fishing. You guys want to go fishing? <laughs> Dude, I Hell like yeah. go fishing. Dude, let's go fishing. We I've, should definitely go fishing. I've been meaning to get back into it. That would be a great fucking set up for a podcast right there you know like, oh yeah the meat eater podcast is fantastic and they do shit like that all the time yeah. and they'll and they'll grade themselves over over the course of like how good someone did but they'll they'll be honest about it and they'll have like their own arguments about why they gave them an eight versus a six or whatever. right what's this what's his first name oh dude something I'm, spacing, I'm terrible with names no but they're great they're awesome the, rogan meat, the meat eater podcast rogan and callen are on it all the time and oh yeah brian rinell no. meat eater pod they're on meat eater hmm. yeah they went on a hunt with them on one episode oh that's awesome and yeah because they do shit like that too brian had never brian callen had never gone hunting before i don't think and rogan's pretty seasoned no shit Elf <laughs> hunter. That's awesome. Yeah. Rinella. Wow. Why can't I remember his first name? Oh, yeah. Rye Whiskey. <laughs> this lapse in memory is brought to you by Rye Whiskey. Thanks, folks, for any of your Rye Whiskeys out there. Here. The one on sale is usually the one I go with. <laughs> that was actually very good. I'm not... 
I'm not a... Uh, I'm terrible at... I tend not to go for the rye, but that one's tasty. Dude, I like this one. What is this? What What are we drinking here? Minor case. Straight wine whiskey. Is that for out of Kentucky? Yep. Lebanon, Kentucky. It's good shit, man. It's close to home. Minor case. Minor case. Minor close to case. home. Close to where mom grew up near in Cincy. Unfortunately, it is spelt like minor as in underage and not minor as in underground. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. So, yeah, we don't know what that's about, but they make good spirits. Well, you never know. It could be a humble approach, you know, minor indicating young, just a, just a young a, a young whiskey. It was just a minor case of statutory <laughs> yeah, rape, no, Your Honor. It's, it's no big deal. <laughs> Looks like we're fixing we, to commensurate a trial. You should try the reserve stuff. I don't even know if they have reserve oh, stuff. Yeah. Oh, them? Yeah, I don't know. Mm. I want to try some of that Johnny Walker blue, man. Shit. Like, I'm not a fan. I'm not a huge fan of blended whiskeys, but there is something about, like, or, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Scotch whiskey. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the black label. I've never had the blue. I've always wanted to try it. Blue, it's like they they adhere to a very specific standard. It's like 300 bucks a bottle. Yeah. Yeah. More than that now, I think, in today's dollars, but. I, I was. Yeah, it's wild. Last well, it's so it scarce. Was. It's like I, I love how there's you gotta this pre-order it. Yeah, yeah, connoisseur. Like you gotta really find. I mean, there's a few liquor stores around here that will carry. I've it. seen it down here before. Yeah, they just yeah. it's not usually stock. And sometimes it, you have to ask for it because it's in the back. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. So they don't the just thing, they don't just put that shit on display. You know. Right. The last thing they, especially in this day and age, the last thing they want is you know somebody just being like. Sweet, thanks. Run out the fucking door with it, because yeah, I mean, fuck, like the wild west. That'll turn bad fast. <laughs> like certain you parts, of this, like certain parts of the country are already going that way, though. Dude, how you crazy know? is that? Like, right? There's, the fucking zombie land is already coming upon us. There's CVSs out on the west coast where literally everything in the store is locked in a fucking plexiglass case because, you know, since the pandemic, they're like, oh, well, you know, if it's not grand larceny, we're not even going to prosecute anymore. So, right. you know, there's videos of, you know, people just walking in being like, 995, 996, 998, all right, we're out, <laughs> you know? And like, Fuck. yeah, and... The the people that work at the store, they're told, oh, no, you can't do anything to, you know, stop them. Otherwise, it's an insurance issue. So, yeah, mm. like, and it ends up being an insurance issue anyway, which then raises the fucking theft insurance on small businesses and makes all that shit tougher. It's, yeah. Yeah, don't rob liquor stores. People. How about how about this? Let's let's just take it easy. Don't, take it take it down. Don't enough. rob if you don't have to. If you have money, pay for things. Yes. If if you have to rob, rob the people that deserve it. There's plenty of them. <laughs> you know, go to a fucking Walmart. Like, don't rob your fucking local mom and pop. You know corner store like they are the ones that they can't even afford to make the insurance claim on your fucking stupid fucking robbery 
you know, all that shit that you... Rob the insurance companies. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I want to I wanna go to the fucking I don't know. warehouses where they keep all this fucking magical insurance stacked up. Oh, well, it's a, it, <laughs> I feel like it's another aspect of derivatives, which I think is maybe a little late in the conversation to get into that. I mean, insurance is... Food, really, for, food for thought. Yeah, it's really, it's really no different than how banks are fucking treated, you know? Like, right. we... We give you our money in the trust that when we need it, it's there. And with banks, luckily, you don't have to fucking file a claim and wait two weeks to, you know, hear a response to get your fucking money out Mm -hmm. to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. Go and try and take all your money out. That's different. Right, right. Yeah, money tied up in the system. Oh yeah, through, well through we, many, can't, many we can't different... do that right now. Oh, why no. not? But going back, yeah, to what imagine you're saying, if everybody were to take their money out. Well, that's called a run on the banks, and yeah, like yeah, they've dude. been trying to force those multiple ones of those over the past few months. You know, well, with the SVD Bank in Silicon Valley. Yeah, from well, and, from my perspective, I would qualify that a little bit, just because I think from my perspective in the shit that I've heard they're trying everything they possibly can to prevent that from happening because they think they think that they actually can control it and that's part of the issue is like they think they can stave it off for that long because that's a liquidity crisis and they will go to all kinds of lengths to prevent a liquidity crisis and it's because yeah all the money that you let them hang on to is tied up in fucking foreign investments and if you were if every customer was to go and try and take their money out all of a sudden those investments have to cease all of a sudden the investors they don't get their cutbacks and so there you the banks have a problem at the top and the bottom yeah, but who's going to get their money first? Is it going to be you and me, or is it going to be the billionaires? Not definitely not Main Street. It'll go to Wall Street or and or that's, the banks. That's where bailouts came in. Now they got yeah. these things called bail-ins, where as soon as you know a collapse or a run or a drop happens, instead of waiting for a government bailout. They just seize half the assets of all of their holders. Bank free, yeah, freeze and ups. And they they take they they liquidate right the the holdings of their customers to bail themselves out. Yeah, bail ins in the sense that you have to bail the system out within from within in order to prevent right. the they're liquidity using, crisis using from their happening. customers' money to do it instead of yeah. the taxpayers. Which is, which is leveraging it even more. Like, levered and levered and levered you, until until this whole thing is going to fucking... At the end of the, day, at it's the, end the, of the sp- day, it's the little guy that gets fucked either way. Well, unless that little guy has land or some form of physical assets that cannot disappear via digital or via whatever imaginary like holding you have in a paper asset form it's going to be the hard assets that conquer because but that's the only when thing when i say little guy i'm real. not talking about anybody with land you know do you haven't aside from you know this lot right here where your house is you got any land not really right no like no, I mean land in terms of in terms of preserving whatever it is that 
you are to de to deleverage, right? Because leveraging is really a credit bubble that's happening all around us right now. It's just more and more extended. It's a rubber band that is being stretched to the max. And so the whole point, and this is part of Keynesian economics, is to bring the rubber band to come back so that you tighten over time. And that and we had that. The Fed they tightened from you know, 2000, I think 18 till the pandemic happened. And then they had to ease again, which is where eight, 2008 was the solution was to ease, which means to oh, God. bail it, you know, all the bail in stuff you talked about and the, the Fannie Mae, Fannie Mac crisis, all that stuff, MBS derivatives, it got worse and worse. So, They tried to deleverage at a certain point in time when Powell took office as chair of the Fed. And it, you know, they couldn't tighten too quickly because rates, you can only keep them so high before you fall into a recession, which is what we're actually in to this day. Yep. Even though there's a lot of people that would deny it, but the all oh. you look at is the definition of a recession is the GDP. They changed the definition of a recession for right. this recession. Yes. Just yep. like they changed the definition of a vaccine for yeah. this past vaccine. <laughs> you know? Yeah, because it, it's it's becoming more and more clear that we are our words. And we're, we're living in revision. We're watching revisionist history happen around us. Yeah. I don't know how we how we close on that because um, we're about at the end of our time. I know how we close on it, but it might get us sued, but it's going to get us views. <laughs> <laughs> um, Go for it, dude. We got to look up Doug Stanhope. He's got like a four minute clip on Keynesian economics as spoken through a street whore. And nice, fucking brilliant. <laughs> nice. Let's let's check that out. We'll 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 make something out of it. But here for now, let's let's uh let's uh blast off with a bit of a a bit here of a joke here that uh, from our good friend Wayne. We never hit our kids. You shouldn't hit kids. Well, well, don't you remember how scared you were of your principal when you were growing up? It's because he'd smack you if you were being too silly. Like your parents wanted you to have a principal who would smack you. They took comfort in the fact that they were sending you to a place every day where someone would smack you for them if you were being too silly. Sometimes I see kids these days kind of think like, like wish you could smack <laughs> I'll let you fill in the blank there, oh, folks. Oh, shit. That's brilliant. <laughs> It's such a good show. Yep. Let me, uh, let me see if yep. I can find this. Benji, clip. did you have any closing words? Holy Jesus. Yeah. Uh, back to the the whole when we were talking about meat. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, if you're willing to eat meat, you better be willing to kill it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You better be prepared to kill it and go through all the butchery that goes with it right unfortunately if you're gonna kill me you also have to know how to gut it yeah and that's called field dressing and it's easier said than done it's it's not the part that's gonna make you hungry but <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day will it make you appreciate your meal that much more yes it's absolutely necessary it will make you that much more intimate with it makes it taste better Yes, appreciation, reverence. Dude, thank you all for your time. Thank you. Yeah, this was awesome. Um, 
Any of you folks Good out times. there want to, yeah. Thank you folks out there for tuning into the BBCR. Uh, we're your hosts, Crispy and Tono. You can follow me, Crispy, on the Instagram at Harmonic Homesteading. That's Harmonic underscore Homesteading. Stay up to date on all the bee shit and backyard shit that I'm doing. Um, and Tono, do you have any closing thoughts? I found it. Let's see if we can. My my audio jack doesn't work in this, and my phone's hacked, so it might glitch out at any moment. I'm go, gonna, go for but it, I've, dude. I've also been hacking the hack, too, so I kind of know how to make it work. But one of these days, I'm either going to bite it in half again or hit it with a hammer or throw it against the wall. Oh, the technology. Economy, I'll give you someone. Prostitutes. Because a prostitute doesn't have that same worst-case scenario B plan that we all enjoy. No matter how shitty things are going for you on the job, Danny, if they lay off any more people, I'm going to be out on the street sucking dicks for a living. I got nothing else. Serious. Hooker doesn't have that same safety net. Hooker's already out there sucking dicks. There is a hooker <laughs> chugging a cock, a fucking sour milk smelling cock behind a dumpster right now. And she's staring up at your office building thinking, they lay off any more people. More people gonna be out here sucking dicks. It's gonna be a buyer's market. More people out here sucking dicks. I'm gonna have to start doing anal just to compete in the marketplace. Woman my age shouldn't have to do anal. I ain't built right for it no more. I gotta do exercises in the morning. I do squat for us, trying to strengthen up my shit pussy in case this whole thing goes bust. Dead ceiling. I'm doing ass giggles every morning. You can't afford to get all loosey-goosey down in your ass pussy. Not in this economy. You get baggy in your shit pussy, you be tongue and ass for a living. That ain't proper work for no human being. You tongue ass, you gotta get up early, sugar. Set your alarm clock. Get down to construction site before the boys in the orange vest show up. Wait for them. Take all the toilet paper out the candy gum. Wait for them to take that gravelly good morning and Starbucks shit. You hear them scratching around on the fiberglass. You go, there ain't no toilet paper in there, sugar plug. But I clean you out real good for $25. That ain't no way for a human being make a living. Call that getting the blood diamond. Get in there, get the blood diamond. We're at Amnesty International now. You do anal, you gotta watch your diet. Can't, can't eat no more gummy bears. No more licorice whips. Can't swallow your gum. No more canned cheese. Gotta eat Trisky wafer. Get fiber in your diet. You gotta keep regular, princess. You're gonna have regular clientele. You're gonna be regular in your ass pussy. You can't get back in your shit pussy in a bad economy. This whole motherfucking economy built on a housing car. First of all, you gotta get this shit, get that Federal Reserve 
back on a gold standard. What the fuck is that? You got government <laughs> printing off fiat currency. You're building a whole motherfucking uh, house of cards. It's a charade fiat currency. The consumer got to understand that the currency only have as much value as the consumer have faith in the currency. You got to back that shit up with precious metal, fuck face. <laughs> Keynesian economic philosophy. That's what I'm saying to you, Angela. Fuck Keynes and his philosophy. Dig up that dead Jew, Milton Friedman. He's a Nobel Peace Prize winner, motherfucking economic major. You dig up that dead Jew, ask Milton Friedman's dead Jew corpse what he think about the current economic crisis, and he will tell you, you better strengthen up your shit pussy, baby. This whole economy's going down. Sometimes I carry a little baby carrot in my asshole when I walk the street and I just suckle on that motherfucker. Oh my god, dude, this is so good. <laughs> so good. So much fun. Don't you like how I made that urban hooker real smart at the end? <laughs> so fucking, she was saying shit I don't even understand. Uh, oh. That guy is brilliant. That- he wrote that fucking almost 20 years ago. Dude. Like, yeah, no, well, that, yeah, wisdom right there. Uh, quite a few, quite a bit of it embedded in this very, like, don't graphic. Don't like how I made that urban hooker real smart, and she exactly. said, I don't even understand. <laughs> I love his reference to Milton Friedman, because mm. Milton Friedman is a highly regarded. Fuck Keynes. Keynesian economics, yeah. <laughs> and, of course, John Maynard Keynes. It all derives from John Maynard Keynes' work from the you know, 20th century, but dig up that dead Jew milk Friedman. Ask him what he says about Keynesian economics. He'll tell you, strengthen up your ass, pussy, hun. <laughs> it's awesome. All right, I think that's all for now, folks. Thanks again. And sorry, in. Doug Stanhope, if that does offend you, but you are my favorite stand up, and you're the only one I've ever seen live. And that's uh, well, I guess I will pay out of pocket if I need to, but. Please, please don't bring down the wrath of the gods on us. We love you. Nice. And thank you. Thank you, Benji. Benji, for joining us. Thank you, folks. For sure.